You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Rachel and Gabby's season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 297. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. We've got a really good show for you today. First time guest is Chris Conran. He was a first night eliminatee on Claire season, but then he went down to Paradise last summer. Things got a little messy, but he clears everything up. A lot of things that you did not know and some things you probably should know. He'll be coming up momentarily. All right. Before we get to Chris, there there are a couple things that I want to get to that are more organizational, I guess. The first thing is, I believe at some point during the interview, when I was looking for something on my phone while he was answering a question, my Instagram was up and the sound for someone I follow, uh, it was on their feed, it was a comedian that I follow, that pops in for like two or three seconds. So I want to clear that up. The other thing, and so just be prepared for that. The other thing is, just to give you a warning beforehand, if you didn't know, Chris uh, is dating Alana, the girl from Paradise, that they got together after Paradise. They've been together for a year. They just celebrated their year anniversary. We talk about that relationship a lot on today's podcast. However, I'm such a screw-up, and... I even, in my notes, in front of me, phonetically spelled out Alana. I did U-H dash L-A-N, all caps, dash U-H. Alana. Yet, when you see the name A-L-A-N-A, it can be said three ways. Alana, Elena, or Alana. 90% of the time that I said her name during this podcast, I either said Elena or Alana instead of Alana. So you'll hear me screw up at least, I want to say at least five or six times. And And it bugged the crap out of me because I'm literally looking at it on my screen in front of me and I still pronounced it wrong. Because when I just saw the L-A-N, I'm like, oh crap, is it Lan, Lon, or... Uh, so I apologize to Chris. I apologize to you, but just get ready for me just butchering uh, Lana's name in this podcast. But there's a lot here that, um, you know, a lot of you don't know about maybe. And maybe you just forgot. But Chris did not have a good go of it in Bachelor in Paradise last summer at all. He was basically bullied off the beach. And we talk about it. But there's things that you need to know, things, the reason he was bullied off the beach, and people just had their stories mixed up, and Chris is going to lay that all out for you and is very clear about what's been happening. And the best part of it is the guy was bullied off the beach, and he's still with the girl that he went after when he left the beach. So very happy for them. Alana moved to Utah last November. They've been together ever since. They just celebrated a year. 
it was just good to hear and kind of just stick it to the people that were giving him shit uh, on the beach last summer. Not to mention the absolutely uncalled for ridiculous allegations. I wouldn't even call them allegations, just opinions about Chris given by one Nick Vile. If you don't know about that, we will get into that in the podcast. And Alana took to her Instagram stories a couple days ago and put something out there that most people didn't even know about, that there was a unsettling phone call that she was witness to between Chris and Nick Vile after what Nick said about Chris on his podcast, September 1st, 2021. And we get into that. So there's a lot to cover here. I hope you uh, enjoy this podcast. It's a good one. And I like having people on for the first time. Granted, trust me, I like having repeat guests on too. But especially when it's a contestant, they're out of contract. And it's not like Chris is spilling a bunch of tea. He's just clearing stuff up that I think a lot of people maybe didn't know. Because I haven't seen Chris and Alana do a lot of interviews. I think they've done a couple here and there, but it was maybe more closer to Paradise last summer. I don't even know. I don't even know what interviews they've done. I just know I haven't seen a lot of them. So it was good to get Chris's side and and hear from him on this because there's some things that need to be talked about. The other thing that I want to tell you is today's Daily Roundup was posted about an hour ago. You can check that out. It should be in your podcast feed for the Reality Steve podcast. Some good stuff today, including this identical twins marriage that took on a life of its own yesterday after I brought it up literally in the last two minutes of yesterday's podcast and the amount of people who contacted me in regards to that. And then the rabbit hole I went down once I got the answer I needed and the questions that I now have going forward. Yeah. Uh, so we talk about that. We talk about uh, Big Brother last night and I'm that was that was embarrassing to watch. I, these people, do they not know cameras are on them? Seriously. Like, I told you yesterday in, the, in, in yesterday's reality roundup. Wait, that's what I'm calling it, right? Reality roundup? How am I forgetting the name of my own effing podcast? No, daily roundup. Duh. <laughs> anyway. I, I said it yesterday that Paloma did her first interview. And then, and I went over that and said, is, is she just not understanding that we saw things on the live feeds, that they literally had to cut the live feeds because she was about to say something even more problematic that she had just said? And then she went on Instagram and basically doubled down and saying like, oh, just just because it was on the live feeds, they just, they're selling a story. Like, I don't get it. And then yesterday, Daniel, even Nicole, what are they doing? I again, another one of these seasons where I'm really curious to see what these people say when they get out of the house and they see what was aired, because I can understand when you're in that position and you're on that show and you're cooped up for that long and you really can't see sunlight for days on end and you're living with the same people. I can imagine going a little stir crazy. Yeah, but what Daniel said to Taylor, just unacceptable. The tone, what he said, what it was over. I mean, are you kidding me? Daniel's not long for this game anymore, I tell you that much. You put a target on your back, you talk to somebody like that. But I go over that in my daily roundup today. So check that out. 
Before we get started with today's podcast, let me talk to you about a couple of our sponsors. Dame Products. They're back. And you know, when you think of vibrators, you think of Reality Steve. Here's the deal. Having a pleasure practice is good for you. It can improve the quality of your sleep, help you de-stress, relieve pain, even give you that lit-from-within glow as you go about your day. But most importantly, exploring your pleasure on your own helps you get in touch with yourself and learn more about what you like. That's right. It leads to better sex. So check out the AIR, A-E-R, the suction vibrator from Dame Products. It's a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. Dame's air creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris. Clitoris. So check out the air, the suction vibrator from Dame Products. Air is a powerful arousal tool for fans of oral stimulation. Dame's air creates thrilling pulses of air and a soft seal around your clitoris. So you can go all the way right away. Not only is it perfect for beginners, it's also waterproof and features five intensities and five vibration patterns so you can explore what works for you. Obviously, like I said, I've sent this to my friends. They absolutely love it. Some of them have said it's even better than the real thing, even better than their exes who happen to be in reality TV. Go solve that one. Anyway, use code REALITYSTEVE to take 15% off your first order at dameproducts.com. That's dameproducts.com, promo code REALITYSTEVE to take 15% off your first order. Reality Steve means vibrators. Also, today's podcast brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your pre- preferences, you can now choose from all 24 recipes weekly with the option to mix and match meals from those different preferences. I enjoy vegan one day, keto the next. Do members of your household eat differently? Now you can order meals to suit every lifestyle. You can do vegan, you can do vegetarian, the keto and paleo, Mediterranean, fast and fit, gluten-free, all in one box. Exciting and delicious meals support a healthy lifestyle. Green Chef keeps mealtime interesting without sacrificing taste. Green Chef's expert chefs curate every recipe so you can enjoy restaurant-quality dishes at home without compromising flavor. I told you this once. I've told you it twice. I'm going to tell you it again. The crispy southern chicken is to die for. It only takes about 30 minutes to make. It's 800 calories per serving. It is excellent. Red potatoes, green beans, walnuts, Roma tomatoes, chicken cutlets. It is outstanding. I love the spicy beef and broccoli noodle bowls. Also, the pork with apple and raisins. Can't go wrong with those. I'm telling you, these meals are unreal. So one thing I need you to do, go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve135 and use code realitysteve135. You're getting $135 off across five boxes plus free shipping on your first box. That is greenchef.com slash realitysteve135. Use the code realitysteve135 to get $135 off across five boxes, plus free shipping on your first box. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Now, let's get going. Podcast number 297. Okay, let's bring him in. Uh, You first saw him on Claire's season of The Bachelorette, 
And then on Bachelor in Paradise last summer, where uh, he left the beach with his girlfriend, Alana. They are still together to this day. It is Chris Conran. Chris, how you doing? Thanks for coming on. Hey, doing good. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing good. Um, I want to uh, I want to kind of rewind with you because you are somebody that, you know, quote unquote, caused a big stir last summer on Paradise. But a lot of people didn't know where or why you got on Paradise because you just didn't last very long on Claire's season. So let's just go back yeah. to that whole thing. How were, were you a fan of this show? How did you get cast on Claire's season? And let's all remember that was our first season pandemic. And, you know, yeah. you're supposed to be on in March of 2020, and then it gets postponed, and you're one of the ones, luckily, that got asked to come back in July. So tell everyone kind of how that process was for you. So it was interesting, actually. I The whole show thing happened because I was sitting at my friend's house, and I she's one of my best friends. Her name's Rachel, and her daughter i call my niece but we're sitting there that her daughter was a baby at the time and she has on the bachelor and as a joke she's like i'm gonna submit you on this show and i go oh no i don't know about that and she said well i'm just gonna submit you we'll see what happens and then fast forward probably six months later i get a random phone call at five or six p.m when i'm at the gym and it's um one of the casting producers and so that's kind of where the whole process started um and then from there you know went through got casted on round one of Claire's season and then obviously COVID happened so we went home and I didn't hear much until round two started so so when you I go back out when, when you, you left say? when you left in March when you were set, you know set to film Claire's season COVID hits yeah. I think I think if I'm not mistaken if I have my dates correct the day you were set to begin filming night one, like limo entrances, was the day COVID was declared a national pandemic. So probably in those two to three days leading up to it, I remember getting pictures of, of the guys uh, at the uh, gym at the gym and stuff like that and around the area. Um, so you guys were still there leading up to it while things were getting hairy in the nation with, wait, what is this thing? Is this going to shut down <laughs> stuff? And then I think that Friday when you were set to film – so they tell everybody, look, we, we, we can't film, go home and we'll just keep you updated. And you said like, you just didn't hear anything for a while. Was there a possibility that like, there just wasn't going to be a season or did you always know that there was going to be filming coming back? It was just a matter of when. I think in my head, I sort of just went about my new COVID life. I, I don't like thinking things are a possibility and getting my hopes up just for something to not happen yeah uh, and so for me i just went about my life kept working kept doing what i could i would you know go shopping just once a week to get all the food i needed and I, it kind of became a joke because i i ate a lot of hot dogs during that time it was my <laughs> my roommate went and socked up on food while i was gone because he said i didn't know that everyone talked about grocery shortages and all this stuff and he showed up and he had I got home to probably like 80 hot dogs in the refrigerator. And I was like, Spencer, hot dogs? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a big Traeger guy. I love grilling. I love cooking. And so, you know, I, I got really creative with those hot dogs. But I just went about my normal everyday life and kind of just waited to hear if I would get a phone call or not. And then, you know, a couple months down the road, got a phone call. And I was like, oh, I guess this... 
I guess this thing's really happening. Here we go. Yeah. So you go out to Palm Springs. You have to quarantine for, I think at that time it was a good, at least a week, right? I think so. Um, I, time kind of flew, not, it didn't fly by because the quarantines suck no matter what. Yeah. And just being alone and not being able to talk to people. And this was back when, I don't know if they're still doing COVID tests now or what they're doing, but those COVID tests that we were doing in the beginning might've been the worst COVID tests I've had in my entire life. Like they really shoved that thing on your nose, <laughs> tickle your brain a little bit. Yeah. So, but yeah, went back out there, um, had the quarantine. It was incredibly hot the entire time. And I'm someone who doesn't complain about things, but my AC broke. And so my room was 82 degrees the whole time I was there. So. <laughs> You, you didn't like you didn't like flag down a producer like hey can we get an AC fix or they just didn't fix it by the time filming had started. Well, <laughs> what's funny is every time a producer would come into the room and talk to me, they would say it is just so hot in here. <laughs> like, like yeah, what is going on? And they're you know they're sitting in the room still sweating, and in my head I'm kind of thinking maybe this won't be so bad. You know it'll train me to be used to the heat so when i go out there on night one i won't be sweating but it didn't help i mean once you're out there it's like 110 degrees so yeah uh, 82 looks but, it feels like you're in the north pole compared to when you step outside in palm springs <laughs> so oh, yeah luckily it's a dry heat though so it's what i'm used to in utah yeah because um, i live in salt lake city and i love the dry heat because i grew up in st louis missouri and i'll tell you what humidity is the worst yeah it's not fun but, it's no. um okay so you get on Claire's season and you get eliminated the first night are you one of the people that is a first night person that either barely got any time with her outside of the limo entrance or got no time with her because we know that's happened before where people just got no time and they don't even and they got eliminated the first night and you're just like okay what was the point of that like if they're not even going to get a chance to meet me or talk to me well, of course I'm going to get eliminated. Um, what was your situation with Claire on night one? I was a no-time guy. <laughs> um, I I didn't get to say a single word to her besides limo entrance. And I, you know, I when I got eliminated, I kind of figured that that was going to happen. And I was prepared for it the entire night just because... I didn't have any crazy thing planned out. I didn't have any skit. I'm normally just a guy who talks and that's kind of what I do. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy building relationships. I think my personality kind of carries myself, but I didn't get any time and I ended up making some friends with some guys, but the main connection that kept me connected to the show was Noah, um, who ended up showing up late, but yeah. when I got home, I sent him a DM, not knowing that he ever actually showed up on the show because I saw that he lived in Denver and I saw he did outdoorsy things. And I was like, you know what? This guy is someone who I can see myself potentially hanging out with. And so I sent him a DM and said, Hey, I'm really bummed you ended up on the show. If you ever end up in Salt Lake city, hit me up, let me know. Let's get together. And it turns out, obviously he ended up showing up on the show. Um, and so he didn't reply to me for, I think a month and a half, two months. I'm not sure how long it was. That's right. Because but, when the, when the second cast was released, I believe Noah was on it, but he was one of the five that came in later. 
He yeah. wasn't. Yeah, and, that's right. After you were gone. And so I actually kept looking for him on that first night thinking, <laughs> hey, someone who lives in Denver, he's a country boy from Tulsa. You know, maybe him and I would get along. And then I never saw him show up. I'm yeah. Like, oh, all right. Well, I but I figured, you know, I'd still send him a DM, see if he's ever in Salt Lake City. And I, I go to Denver occasionally. So figured we can meet up, grab a drink or something like that. And then he ended up coming to Salt Lake City on a ski trip with his buddies after the show was over. And we met, you know, had a pretty quick connection because we have we're very like minded and similar people. So him and I became really good friends. And then through him, I met Jason, met Noah on a ski trip in Vale. And that's kind of how I got acquainted with everyone. Well, one thing that happened, well, actually, before before we get on to your post-bachelorette life, in the short time you were there, the first night, mm-hmm. did you find it that the Claire and Dale thing was a thing? Obviously, he got the first impression, Rose, but were you under the impression that nobody else had a chance at that point? I know you weren't there long enough, and that's why I'm asking. Like, Or yeah. did it all it take was one night to realize, oh, shit, we're all screwed. She's going to pick him. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest with you, I didn't realize that whatsoever. In fact, Dale was incredibly nice to me on that first night, and when he heard I hadn't got a chance to talk to Claire – he was like, hey, come with me. Let's go find Claire. Let's give you a chance to chat with her. And I really appreciated that. I was like, hey, this guy's kind of, you know, looking out for me. So I obviously knew that they had a connection because she gave him the first impression rose, but I didn't really know how strong of a connection it was. But gotcha. when you meet Dale in person, you're, you know, you're kind of taken back and you're like, all right, I kind of understand how she would pick this guy from the get-go. Um, he's extremely well smoked, well, well spoken, uh, you know, super tall guy. I'm six, two, six, three. And I felt like he towered over me. Hmm. Um, but I, I had no idea that it was going to go the way it did. So, yeah, no, I don't think anybody did really until you're a few more, a few more days in. And I guess, you know, having spoken to guys on that season, I'm sure that you've, um, you know, talked to them and they probably said like, yeah. I mean, it was Clarendale and, you know, probably a good thing that they brought in a new bachelorette. But um, after your after your bachelorette stint is when, like you just said, you became friends with a guy who was on the season, Noah, then that led you to meet, uh, you know, Chasen as well. I um, I think another thing that happened after your season, and I think you were part of this crew or not, is a lot of the guys from your season either lived or hung out a lot in, in San Diego. And uh-huh. was that one where you, obviously you don't live in San Diego, but you were out there for one of those trips, right? Or no? Yeah. No, okay, I you was. Um, okay. I would, I would go to San Diego here and there just because both Chase and Ann Spencer live there. And I know prior to that trip that everyone talks about, we had a, a kind of bachelor boys weekend out there with, a handful of guys from the Claritatia season. And I ended up going out there kind of on a whim just because uh, Katie and Stefan had FaceTime me when they were all drinking on a Monday and said, you should come to San Diego and come hang out. And I said, let me figure it out with my work. And so I ended up flying out there. I, I bought a ticket and flew out there two days later to go hang out with everyone on that trip. 
So how did someone like Katie contact you when you weren't on her season? It was just one of these things where just being part of the fraternity of the show, she was reached out to you and said, Hey, why don't you come down to San Diego and hang out with me and some of the guys from your season? Yeah. So Katie and I actually became friends, um, prior to her season airing. Uh, I had no idea who she was, but she had commented something on one of my Instagram posts. And then I clicked on the name cause I was, it said vent with Katie and I was kind of thinking, Oh, that's an interesting name. Yeah. And then from clicking on the name, uh, I saw she had a following on Instagram and I was like, Oh no, you know, still really didn't understand who this was. Cause I wasn't in tune with everything. I don't stay on top of the show. I'm not a fan of it in, really anyway and so i didn't see the list of people announced or anything along those lines um but her and i ended up becoming friends throughout her entire experience with the show and i got to watch it on tv a little bit and then i i think i stopped watching matt's season once she got eliminated okay so what happens next is like you said there was another main meetup with a lot of bachelor people and this was pre-filming of Paradise last summer, which was in June. So I don't know when this particular event happened, this meetup. But a lot of people were there. I believe Jasenia was there. I believe, was it was there an event pre-Bachelor in Paradise last season with Jasenia and Alana both there? Yes. Okay. That was when we all went to San Diego. Okay, so that was a San Diego trip. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll get to what happened on, on Paradise, but... For those, because your storyline got framed as, okay, a first night guy making it on Paradise, he must have some connection to somebody on the show. Because we know by now when Patrick and Paradise contestants are going through casting, they ask you, you know, who are you interested in? And um, for you, did you say, how did it work for you? And how did you convince producers as a guy who got eliminated the first night and not someone that a lot of people probably remembered, how did you convince producers that... um, you know, to cast you on that show, and who did you say that you were interested in? Um, not thinking about it, I think it was. I think they just saw me around Noah, saw me around Chasen, Chasen around all the other guys, mm. and I think that there were a few different girls who said that they were interested in me, and I think that's what kind of piqued their interest as far as putting me on Paradise, um, and. I said I was interested in a very wide range of people just okay. because for me, I'm, I'm someone who goes after personality. If I vibe with you and your personality, then I'm probably going to end up liking you. But I, I mean, I, I could have gone off really a bunch of different things, but I think I told them probably seven or eight total people that I was interested in. So at this pre VIP meetup in San Diego that Jasenia and Alana were both at. What happened between either of you and Jasenia or you and Alana or the three of you? Because that seems to be where your storyline gets really, I guess, misconstrued once you get to paradise. Yeah. So I think when we were at that meetup, it was kind of funny because um, Brett McGar was there and Brett and I had been friends. And so we were sitting there talking and he was kind of joking around because we were all just hanging out and drinking, having fun, doing whatever. Um, and it's always good to 
get together with people and, you know, enjoy being around everyone. And Brett was kind of sitting there telling me, he's like, you know, you have a couple girls on this, like that are here that like you. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah. And he goes, I think it's kind of causing a rift because I feel like that, you know, these couple girls both like you. And obviously, as we know, it turns out like we know who those two were. Um, and so I think that kind of started the whole, the whole like drama as far as everything goes. Um, because, you know, there were two people that liked me and then obviously the show producers and all that stuff played into that whole thing. So did anything happen with those two women that liked you? Because I, that seems to be why people had an issue with you in paradise oh. was oh, yeah. they thought it was already predetermined and, and whatnot, because like, so basically did anything happen with you and Jasenia or you and Alana before that? Nope. No. <laughs> and that was what, you know, people saying all this stuff, it was kind of interesting to me because we all knew what was going on. We all knew that producers had spoken to all of us about potentially going on paradise. And we have, you know, seen in the past how that kind of stuff turns out. And I didn't want any part of it because in my mind I said, Hey, I'll go out there do the paradise thing. If things work out with someone great, if it doesn't work out cool, I'm going to get back to my normal life and get back to working. And so nothing happened. Obviously nothing you, happened. you knew that they were interested, but nothing happened physically. You didn't hook up with either of them. No, at that like party. Everyone, no, everyone's flirty. Everyone's, you know, chatting and stuff like that. But more than just like your casual flirting, that is all that happened. Did you keep in touch with either of them heading into Paradise? Yeah. I mean, I kept in touch with everyone heading into Paradise. I met with um, those, well, those two in particular. Either one of oh, them. Oh, yeah. No, it, yeah, with those two. I did keep in touch with both of them. Okay. I mean, and, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, you know, great to see you. Like, hopefully you make it out there, um, stuff like that. But, I mean, that's, you know, pretty much the extent of everything because – for me, I just wanted to get out there and see if I build a connection and a relationship out there because I didn't want anything to happen prior to going out there because I, I wanted everything to be genuine. So when you arrive in Paradise, moving on to, to, to that season, you arrive there. Alana is not there yet, but Jasenia is. So you have a, you know, quote-unquote early relationship with Jasenia. You two are, you know, coupled up as anyone could be early on uh, on that show. And then Alana arrives and you, you know, move on to her. And that seemed to bother a lot of people on the beach, which, like I said, that's why I asked you what happened pre-show, because they seem to think that, oh, it was predetermined. He was just waiting for uh, Alana to come on the beach and that's all it was. And, you know, you had no problem just dusting Jasenia at that point. I didn't, you know, from everything I've heard, that's not really the way it went down. I guess my question to you would be, why do you think the others had such an issue? Mostly, I think it was Grocery Store Joe and and Riley that just really, they really had a field day with you. I mean, I you can call it what you want. It was bullying. They bullied you off the beach, and I don't really yeah. understand why, and to your I, understanding, I, what 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 was the reason? I've sat there and tried to understand it a million times in my head, and I think you know one of the reasons probably is because I, I think I you know 
took the prettiest and hottest girl in Bachelor Nation. <laughs> and <laughs> everyone looks at me and they're like, who is this absolute nobody coming on here and doing this? Um, and so I think for them, it didn't make any sense. But when I sat there with Alana and when we kissed for the first time, I really did feel a spark. And that spark has obviously continued into us just celebrating our one year anniversary now dating. And it really like, she's an absolutely amazing person. I love her to death. And I'm so happy that I had the opportunity to spend time with her out there and build a relationship, even though we didn't leave the beach together. Um, You know, we were, I was still able to send her some flowers when I got back and open the door of communication and then continue. Like, I flew down to San Antonio. I can't tell you how many times just to spend time with her. Yeah. And first off, congratulations that you guys uh, just got to a year anniversary. And secondly, thank you. Just so I don't mispronounce, is it Alana or Elena? I, I've, I've always um, thought it was Alana, but I could be wrong. No, you got it right. It's, I always tell everyone it's like saying Atlanta without a T. Okay. Alana. Oh, so it's Alana. So yeah. Alana, Alana, Alana. It's Alana. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Alana. <laughs> all right. I've been so calling her Alana. It, you know, it's funny because all, all my friends here, it took everyone a long time and people still mess up. And I'm, we're, we're to the point where we don't really correct them now. I'll just repeat her name back kind of quick and I'll be like, hey, Alana, come here. And then they'll go, oh, oh okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, for you and that experience, do you think it was like like you said it to you? It seemed like, hey, who is this guy getting one of the hottest girls on the show? And I guess they, I don't know if they felt threatened, um, but they were really mad. And like I said, you were basically bullied off the beach and forced to leave and told, like, hey, man, you shouldn't be here, which was just bizarre because if you're invited on the show by production, you have every reason, every right to be there just as much as the other people do. Just because you're not, you know. One of the cool kids, because we know this is basically a high school clique, and it's Mm. all based on how far you last in the show, and those people were people that lasted longer than you did. So I guess they felt, I don't know, some sort of uh, big brother towards you or, I I mean, even bully towards you to where it's like, you're not with us, you're not part of us, so you need to leave. Yeah, and I think one of the things that kind of stuck with me is they said... um, you know, if you know who you want to be with, if you know that that's your person, like go and leave. And in my head, I'm sitting there thinking, well, Riley, Joe, you both know who you want to be with too. So why don't you leave paradise as well? Yeah. So that kind of, you know, that it's just, I didn't get it. It kind of, and in the moment I was so baffled. I really didn't know what to say. I didn't think that anything like that was going to happen when I came back from that date And I was just kind of, I don't, you know, I'm trying to think of a way to explain it, but it kind of bamboozled me and I was just sitting there thinking, well, you know, if this is how it's going to be, I'm going to get back home and go to work. Yeah. So I don't need to put myself in any situation that is going to, you know, cause me anxiety or give me stress or anything like that. And it just reminded me of, you know, being back in high school and having the, you know, cool kids not accept you and they're part of a clique and you just having to say, I'm going to, 
you know, remove myself from the situation and not be here. Now, did Jasenia have an issue with you? Did she get over it pretty quick or did she hold a grudge as well? Like after the show, was she like, what the fuck was that? Or was she over it as um, well too? Like, did you have to put that fire sure. out? Yeah, we, we didn't really have much contact. I kind of sent an apology for how everything happened and all that. Um, and it's just because like, that's the type of person I am. If I feel like I wronged someone in any way, I'm going to apologize because I'll end up for, you know, whatever actions that I do or anything like that. And I really didn't think that there was a bunch of hatred or anything like that. After that, obviously she felt the way she did. And I felt the way that I did about the whole situation, but I was kind of just sitting there thinking in my head, I want to get over this as soon as possible. And obviously, you know, it airs on TV and you really can't get over any of it. Yeah. Well, when it, when you left in real time versus when it aired and the public reaction came, did you think it was going to be what it was? Like when you left that, when you left that beach, were you just like, okay, when it airs, whatever, but it turned into way bigger when it aired in your eyes. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be nearly as bad as it was. Um, and other people in my ear made it sound like it wasn't going to be as bad as it was because obviously you had another couple that had an actual connection that were going to be coming on there um, an episode later. So I really didn't think it was going to be that bad. And when it ended up being worse than I thought, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. This sucks. Um, but at the same time, I still had my work. I still had everything I had to get done. And so I wasn't able to, like, for me, I didn't have the time or have the mental capacity to really put that much time and energy into it because I still have my everyday life and that stuff matters way more than something that happened on TV. You know, and until you mentioned it in your answer, I totally forgot that you actually left by yourself. For some reason, I had it in my mind that you had left, like you and Elena were bullied off the beach together, but you left single, and then it was after that you, con- like, how soon after when you left did you contact Elena and things started to heat up between you two? Yeah, so Elena and I left Elena. separately, and then... <laughs> See, I still can't get it right. <laughs> so it's, there's Elena, Elena, and Alana. Yeah, okay, so it's Atlanta without the T, so okay, I'll try and yep, remember that. Elena. Okay. But we... We left, and I ended up flying back home, and then Tammy left shortly after and sent me a message and said, hey, will you come to San Diego and come hang out with me? And, you know, she obviously got dumped on her birthday by Thomas, so I went to San Diego, hung out with her, hung out with Jason and, you know, some other friends of mine from the show. And then from there, um... Alana had sent me a text and I was under the impression because of the other voices in my head, not in my head, but the other voices in my ear talking to me that she wanted nothing to do with me and didn't want to talk to me or any of that stuff. And so I left the show thinking I had no friends back me up. I have no one who cares about me within this franchise. Everyone hates me. And that was my mindset when I got on the plane to leave Mexico. Um, and so having Tammy reach out to me helped out a ton. And then, um, we probably, I think Alana and I spoke within days of us both leaving the show and instantly I, it's kind of awkward because you don't really 
I mean, I didn't know where she lived or anything like that. And it's kind of weird asking someone for their address yeah. that you just, you know, <laughs> that you just went on one date with on national television. Then all of a sudden you weren't together anymore. Um, but oh, sorry, ambulance is driving by right now. <laughs> so in downtown Salt Lake, but yeah. And then I asked her for address center two dozen roses. And then I think within a week after that, I was flying down to San Antonio to take her on a date. So why did you think that she was, you said like, you just felt like you had no friends, everyone, no one was into you. Why did you think that she was, even though it had went well on the beach, just because you left and you thought that she was upset at you for leaving? <laughs> really? It was because of the car scene and from what other people behind the scenes in the show had said to me. What was the so, car scene? I totally forgot. <laughs> so that was when um, I went to get in a car, not knowing it was her car. And I opened the door and I just threw my bags in without seeing who was in the back. Cause I kind of figured it was a producer wanting to do an interview and I threw my bags in. And then finally I hear her say, Chris, this is not your car. And then I realized that she was in there and I go, Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> and I totally, I really I totally those, forgot that. That's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so I really thought those were going to be the last words, but huh. I really did have a strong connection with her out there. And I thought that, you know, this was something I obviously want to pursue because she is an amazing girl. And I like, I was so heartbroken that I felt like I couldn't pursue it more. And I was really happy when she sent me that text because I had been wanting to text her for so long, but I have, you know, people had told me to give her space, don't talk to her, or let her reach out to you and stuff like that. Well, I mean, props to you for following through because look where it is now. Like you said, one year anniversary just happened. So congratulations yeah. to you guys. And, you know, it, it sucks in the short term. And obviously there was social media heat for probably a week or two. Uh, and then they're on to the next, you know, thing that they want to bitch about. So, yeah, it was probably rough there for a little bit. And now... But when you're in that relationship and now you're a year strong, it's like a blip on the radar when you when looking back on it. But, you oh, know, sure. while that was an issue that you had to deal with um, in Paradise, something else came up um, that's recently made news again. Um, and you know what I'm talking about with, with Nick Vile and, and, and what he had said about you on the podcast and something that you took real offense to and even took to your Twitter to address it back when this happened, back on, um, (laughs) you know, and and for those that don't know, I'm going to just kind of recap real briefly here. On the September 1st, 2021 edition of the Vile Files, which you can look up on YouTube, Nick was recapping uh, the Bachelor in Paradise season with his guest, Dave Holmes, and Nick had some choice words just recapping the episode where you and Chasen entered. And some of the things he said were, quote, no one knows who the fuck this guy is, quote, no joke, when he was walking down, we only got a shot of his legs, and I wasn't sure, insinuating that he didn't know if you were a guy or girl uh, based on the leg shot. Even said it, is this a guy or girl? I forgot about the rotation. He has very pretty legs. And then um, talking about double dating with Chasen, you're essentially two nobodies. They kind of have an ick quality to them. They're handsome. It's like, okay, that's just probably inappropriate he, sh- he shouldn't have even said that but i think what it were when they really ramped it up was and i'm going to read quote what they said here because this is what i think you had the biggest issue with and anybody would and why you probably took to your twitter dave yeah. holmes his guest says 
I was getting a fluid vibe from Chris and Chasen when they showed up. And Nick was like, I want your expert opinion. My radar isn't always the best. It's like, uh-huh. okay, stopping there. It's like, wait, what? Dave Holmes is an expert on on what? Judging if someone is, you know, fluid or not. <laughs> and then Nick saying my radar yeah. isn't the best is kind of obvious what he's referring to here. Then Dave chimes yeah. in and says, these are the guys that are sort of bi-curious and Wells is going to make them a cocktail and who knows what may happen next. That's why I think they were there. And Nick's response to that was, I wasn't sure about Chris, even from the legs right off the bat. It's all there. You can go to the vile files, September 1st of 2021. So you took to your Twitter and called that out. And I just want to know when that was brought to your attention, um, your reaction, like I said, on Twitter, but for those that, you know, didn't read your tweet or don't know about it, just let everybody know how that, when that, when that information made it back to you, how that made you feel. You know, I, I think that Nick kind of plays into what the public is saying a lot, because I think for him and his podcast and all that, he just wants, you know, Obviously, when you have a podcast like that, you just want everyone to love you and you want to go with the, you know, majority when it comes to certain things. And obviously, there were people like poking fun at my sexuality and stuff like that. And then hearing Nick say that, I thought in my head, dude, are you really going to say this right now? And it just upset me because after he did that, I had a lot of people reaching out to me and sending things to me and coming at me um, because to be honest with you, a lot of people really didn't know who I was. Like, let's, let's be real. Yeah. No one knew who I was. And then Nick talks about it and, you know, people see me on the show. And so it all kind of snowballs. And I posted that tweet just because I was sick of people sending messages to me and I'm not a big Twitter person whatsoever. I, I mean, I hardly tweet, I hardly use social media in general. And so I was talking to my friend Tammy and she said, Hey, you should probably say something about this. And I said, all right, cool. I'll do it. I went to school for, for a communications degree and had an emphasis in PR. And I thought I thought I crafted a you know pretty good message that nailed down the point that I was trying to get across. Yeah. And I think that, you know, cause not only is it irresponsible to even assume something like that on, on a host and a host who's got obviously a platform that a lot of people listen to. Um, the fact that you got, like you said, you were getting more messages from other people. I'm sure negative and pile on and stuff like that to where that can't be fun to hear because you're, you know, even if you say like, even in your tweet, you just said, look, I'm not gay. I have no problem essentially with anybody who's gay, but I'm not gay. But even saying that phrase immediately just elicits some people thinking negative things like, oh, well, you're not supportive of it. Like, it, they just can't take it as denying it. And then if someone denies it, it's just like, oh, well, they must be really defensive if they're going to. It's like you can't even win. And all you were just saying is like, look, this insinuation that was made is not true. I don't know how else I can, you know, what do you want from me? What am I supposed to say if it's not true other than this isn't true? But, I mean, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It just it was very irresponsible, and I'm sorry you had to deal with that. No, it's all right. And I mean, you know, it's something I had to get over. But like you were saying, it's a lose-lose situation across the board, no matter what you say or if you try to defend yourself or anything like that. Because 
everyone's always going to have an opinion on every little thing in the world. So yeah. it's, it, you know, it was kind of a big lose-lose no matter what. And it was something that I had to deal with for a while. And I'm just, ever since then, I haven't really been a Nick fan, I guess you could say. <laughs> so Yeah. No, I mean, he's just, he's been, he's been very irresponsible with some things that he said. And even lately, you know, you, you, you're very well aware and you brought it up earlier in the podcast about this, this Katie stuff that came up recently. Nick obviously had an issue with Katie and it was just over something really insignificant, but, (laughs) uh, your girlfriend, um, Atlanta without the T, uh, Atlanta um, chimed in on Instagram stories with something that I think a lot of us in Bachelor Nation and people that follow the show were hearing for the first time. And I'm going to let you either talk about this more or not. But yeah. she put it out there last week, or maybe it was a couple of days ago. She was doing a, um, a Q&A. You know, people send anonymous messages and they asked if she was Team Katie or Team Nick, and clearly she was going to be Team Katie. And uh-huh. she said that, and I'm reading her Instagram story answer word for word here, I only feel like I can weigh in on this because Nick's behavior towards Chris was pretty awful, and I unfortunately had a front row seat to a pretty upsetting phone call, along with speculating on his sexuality with the intention to humiliate him. It's a big no from me. This phone call, um, is there anything that you want to share about this? So for me, you know, I'm not someone that just likes to gossip and talk about things. But after this whole thing happened, Nick gave me a call just because he wanted to speak about it. And his call really wasn't an apology. It was kind of, and I I wouldn't say it was like him doubling down on anything, but at the same time, you know, he's kind of like, you know who that guest was you know kind of being being more so just kind of defending everything that was said and him saying that the host was gay and so that's why you know they can say that kind of stuff on the podcast and all of that and then him oh, that, saying that, wait, me, that that dave was dave holmes yeah okay i didn't know, okay, I, didn't I, know that. I believe i believe he is i'm not 100 percent sure but i thought that i I think that's what Nick had told me on the phone and Nick just saying like, Hey, you're going to get hate. Like you just need to be smart about it. He's like, and you liking tweets of people talking bad about me doesn't look good for you either. <laughs> Cause you know, people were replying to my tweet saying, Oh, I hate Nick. Good like Lord. don't listen to him and stuff like that. And so I was liking those tweets and he's like, you just need to, really beware because I have people screenshotting and sending me that stuff that you're doing that. <laughs> like, um, dude, all you had to do was call me and apologize and say like, Hey, I'm sorry for doing that and bringing that up on the show. And it would have been water under the bridge. I would have been like, all right, I get it. You know, you make money off of shitting on people and it makes sense. And I appreciate you calling to apologize to me, but he just didn't even do that. and was kind of just like more of a, you need to watch your back type thing. Okay, well, that makes and, it doubly worse that the fact that he, again, like you said, didn't double down, but also didn't take the time to say, you know what, maybe that was a little out of line. I mean, yeah, and, and he, almost, he almost pinned it on Dave. He almost pins it on his guest, like, hey, he's the one that said it. But it's like, Nick, I just read the exact quote, like, after Dave said what he said, 
Nick chimed, still chimed in with, I wasn't sure about Chris, even from the legs right off the bat. Like, Dave's the one offering opinion, and he's just like, yeah, 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 as opposed to Nick stepping in and saying, like, hey, Dave, I don't know if we know that. We probably shouldn't go there. That's yeah. what should have been his answer, um, yeah. and it wasn't. So, depending on, and- his, depending on his guest, and by the way, I just did a quick Wikipedia search of Dave just so we didn't get anything mixed up here. You were right. Dave Holmes, um, according to his Wikipedia, has been in a long-term relationship um, with musician Ben Wise since the early 2000s. So, okay. Gotcha. And, like, Steve, let's be honest. I I understand that I do have pretty legs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am half Asian, and when it comes to a lot of the – Asian traits for men. I got a lot of that from my mom and I don't have a lick of hair on my chest. I have pretty much hairless arms and hairless legs. So, I mean, but that shouldn't immediately make someone assume that you're gay. Like that just, no. and, and, you know, and that was kind of my big thing. You know, when I said that, um, I, I really don't like how society effeminates Asian men and, you know, questions sexuality of Asian men and stuff like that, just because I feel like it's an unfair thing to do. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that, um, yeah, it was just irresponsible. And I just wanted to make sure if anyone wants to go, you know, double check the facts of this, this is exactly what Nick did. But when Alana, uh, I'm just going to screw up her name. I'm sorry. Just, just apologize <laughs> you know to her for this whole podcast. You know, the, the, the nickname, the nickname I give her is Lana. Yeah. <laughs> Lana. So, okay. That, that's kind of an easy one. Cause I, I have this weird thing where I don't like saying multiple syllable names. <laughs> yeah. um, so for me, sometimes Lana's way quicker to say. Okay. So, and I'll, and I'll make it cause when I, I think when I see the a in the beginning, I immediately think, uh, I think the sound of uh, and I'm saying Alana. Yeah. So if uh-huh. I just go Lana, okay. So just apologize to her for this whole podcast of her pronunciation <laughs> of her name because I think yeah. I've done it all three ways at some point. Um, yeah. <laughs> but for this, you know, the Nick stuff was brought up because of what she had, you know, posted on Instagram stories a couple of days ago. And that's really interesting to know now. And look, this is not like you're wanting to you know, keep this feud going or whatever, but it's just a clarification of, Hey, after he said all that, we still had a talk and he still never took the time to apologize. And it was more, Hey, this is making you look bad by you liking tweets that are negative towards me. It's like, what, how does that make you look bad? So first off, that's just wrong. It's just him not wanting heat. And trust me, I've been down this road with him in the interview that I did with him. And it was the exact same thing. The people that listened to the interview that I did with him called him out for the way he conducted that interview, and then his response to it was, wow, his fans are really passionate, and just like, yeah. you know, <laughs> did not apologize for his role in why they were so passionate about how that interview was handled. So it just seems yeah. like, again, this is somebody that has a really hard time admitting that they are wrong about something yeah. or apologizing. I mean, it just flat out does seem that way. But yeah. um, I appreciate you like clarifying that because a lot of people, I think even Dave Neal brought that up on his um, on his YouTube show this week. Uh, Lana's Lana's Lana's, <laughs> Lana's uh, Instagram story was, "Hey," and he just said, "Yeah, we, this is something we don't know about." But I think I want to appreciate uh, and thank you for for clarifying that and giving us an yeah, idea no of what that was about. And you know, let's just 
Whether or not Nick responds to this or whatever, I don't care. Let's just put it to bed. But we have clarification now that he had a chance to, quote unquote, I guess, redeem himself, apologize for how he handled that situation. And he didn't. Period. End of story. That's all. It should be all you need to know about him and how he handles things. Um, So so since then, post show, obviously, you said you guys have been celebrating You're a year together. Uh-huh. When you first started dating, like you said, you had to go to San Antonio because that's where she was. I think I'm just going to use yep. she now so I don't screw it up. <laughs> uh, so at what point in the relationship did she make the move to come to Utah? So she moved to Utah in the beginning of November. Um, oh, okay. And we kind of sat there and we were talking about whether we wanted to go to L.A. or whether we wanted to go somewhere else or San Diego or somewhere like that. And we kind of figured going to San Diego, it's a big party place and it's kind of hard to focus on life and work if you live in a party place. And so she said, Hey, all your work is in Utah. How about I come to Utah and we, you know, spend the year there and then figure it out at the end of the year. And I was really appreciative of that just because I do have all my work here. I do marketing consulting in Utah and I work with a handful of different businesses. And so it would have been really hard flying back and forth from LA to Utah and back and this, that, and the other. And so, yeah, so she moved here in November and we've got a, you know, cute little apartment in downtown Salt Lake and everything's been going really well. Um, the relationship is amazing. I, Love the chance to wake up next to her every single day and kiss her goodnight before going to bed every single night. So it's it's been a lot of fun, and I really enjoy it, and I'm really happy she's a part of my life. How many, just out of curiosity, in your dating life, this is obviously considered a, a serious relationship, how many uh-huh. have you had in in your life, <laughs> counting this one now? So I would say one and a half other ones. Um, just because I've always been kind of really hyper-focused on my work and, you know, just kind of haven't had my head there. And to be honest with you, I'm extremely picky with women and I feel like most of the time I'll start dating someone and I'll see a quality in them that I don't like, and then I'll just end it. Um, because I, never want to waste time in dating someone that I can't see a future with. And I think her and I have lasted so long because I see the end and I see that this is someone I want to spend the rest of my life with. That's great. And I'm assuming she feels the same way. I would really hope so. (laughs) (laughs) No, she definitely does feel the same way. So, and I think that's why the relationship works so well. We both have similar goals, similar interests. We both want kids down the road and, you know, I think hitting that year was really great, and then we'll see where this next year goes as well. And what is what is she doing uh, for work out? So obviously, she had to leave San Antonio. She goes to Utah. Is she settled in work wise? Is she doing influencing stuff? What is she doing? So right now, she actually hasn't worked for the past year, and I actually have a lot of respect for her because, unlike me, she was able to save up a ton of money from the last five years of working. And so, you know, she said, hey, I don't have to work right now because she has, you know, a lot of savings saved up. And so she said, when there's a job that I really want to work, you know, when that job comes to me, then I will take that job and I'll do it. But until then, I'm just going to enjoy life, be comfortable and 
she's done really well with it. And I think, you know, there are some companies that she's been talking to and I think she's, she's for sure open to working and wants to work, but she's not going to force something that she doesn't want to do. Do you have for your work, um, a lot of travel? Do you have to go to an office or are you basically remote and you can do everything from home? Um, I go to offices here and there. So I'll go work in the offices of uh, businesses that I do work for. And so I kind of bounce around. I'll work from home a lot. Most of the time when I work from home, it's more later stuff because I try to get home by six o'clock every night so I can spend time with Atlanta. And if I have to work for another hour or two, I just do it from our couch. Um, And then, but most of the time I'm just kind of running around Salt Lake. I don't have to travel a ton, luckily. And you know, jobs in the past, I used to have to travel a lot and it does put a strand in our relationship. So I'm glad I've been able to stay in Utah and spend time with her. And I think we've probably spent no more than seven days apart in the year that we've dated. Nice. And you guys, I'm assuming are going to stay there long term. Obviously you can stay together, but stay, do you want to yeah. settle down in Utah or is it going to be something where we'll do the next five, 10 years here, but we have, we eventually want to move here possibly you know somewhere i know atlanta loves the beach and so i think we're probably going to end up in california at some point Mm -hmm. Uh, i i think she'd really love to live near the ocean and i'm fully open to it i'm happy to do it so if she wants to go to la then i'll you know slowly transition and move my work out there or take a job in los angeles or something along those lines or San Diego, we go back down. Or, or San Diego, <laughs> I do like I do like San Diego, but I think I'd have to live in La Jolla. I know you guys. Yeah. I, I know you guys are, and that's a great place, La Jolla. I mean, you can't you can't yeah. beat that. Other than very expensive to live there. Um, I know yeah. you can, um, like you said, have tried to stay. You're not a huge Bachelor Nation person uh, uh-huh. in terms of keeping up with everything, but. Your friends within the franchise, do you still see them and hang out with them or you don't as much anymore? Do you guys still do group trips, plan and and meet up or no? Yeah, we still do. I think we had um, something this past winter that we all went together. I'm still really close with like Chase and Noah Spencer and a handful of the others. And so we try to get together. I keep telling good old John Hersey that while he's doing his band trip across the country, he needs to stop by Utah. I'm going to be really upset with him. So we'll oh, see if he ends up doing that or not. <laughs> oh, I missed that. But, Did John go, is John doing a get in my van and travel the United States right now? I, I think he's doing something like that. So he's going North right now. And then I think he's going to go to Denver. Um, and he's kind of just living out of a van and he converted a big sprinter van into a, pretty cool spot actually i'm kind of jealous of them but it's something that i've always wanted to do interesting oh i didn't know that okay yeah. um, so and we actually and we just had tammy here not too long ago she came to utah to visit um and she's been here and this is her second time in utah now so i need to talk noah into coming back out here and chasing as well so i think we're going to try to plan a trip with Jason and live coming up pretty soon maybe go to a national park and hang out or something like that yeah no no problem that, yeah that sounds like i said like you have pretty much stayed away from the whole um the show aspect of it and you know appearing at show related events and stuff like that um but you are somebody that obviously has made friends in the franchise and you keep in touch with those people and it's like a you know a small knit fraternity for you guys and that's you know that's cool that's cool that you're able to do that 
And well, we, you know, we all still support each other. We all still chat with each other, whether we're hanging out with them or not. There are always people that are going to be there because you, there's a special bond. And it's just because you've gone through that similar experience. Yeah, for sure. And that's, it's something a lot of contestants say. It's just like, you just don't understand. It's just very easier to relate to people who have been on the show because you've been through this unique experience that nobody else has or very few people have versus, you know, I've heard contestants say it's just very tough to date outside of the show because while those people might be fans of the show or super fans or know of the show, they don't quite get it. That may be what you have to do now for you. It may be different because you don't have to do a lot of show related things and your whole life doesn't revolve around whatever, recapping the show, influencing about the show, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure you know people in the franchise that have dated outside of it and just like they don't, this person doesn't get it. Like, yeah, it it happens. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's, it's actually kind of funny because everyone talks about how they want to date outside the franchise, but then it's really hard for them to end up doing that. Yeah, so no, it makes sense. Uh, It's just... I, for a while there, I didn't understand it because I was like, why do these people only date each other? There is plenty of other opportunities out there, clearly. <laughs> and then yeah. I you know, then I had more deeper conversations with people that I got into it with. And I'm just like, so what is the real reason? And they're just like, honestly, it's very tough that people outside. First off, you don't want to date somebody that's super fan because you think it's like, are they being genuine? Do they like me because they really like me? Or do they like me because I was contested on the show and they can tell their friends about it? So you have to fight through that aspect of it. And if you're dating yeah. somebody in the franchise, you kind of don't have to. Although there are instances where people date other in the franchises to gain their to up their follower count. So, um, yeah. but yeah, but you you know, I I think we explained it. It's just it's just a very it's it's such a unique experience for people that went through it that it's just probably easier and we just have to accept that as people on the outside. But Chris, oh. <laughs> um, I really appreciate you coming on. I, I, I appreciate you being open about stuff that I know happened a year ago, but um, for people who hadn't heard you and uh, Elena speak, oh, did I, I'm just going to give it, I said I Elena, right? Elena. Yeah. Okay. I, I, oh, I No, I said, I, I but I said Elaine uh, instead of Elena. Oh, okay. So Elena, um, <laughs> I'm congratulations again on the year uh, anniversary. Glad you guys have made it. Glad you were able to make it through the, the negativity that surrounded your exit and you guys were able to, you know, meet up, hook up post show and develop something that's lasted a a year now to where one of you even moved uh, for the other one, which is, I think that shows a lot of seriousness when it's just two people from the show dating and they haven't moved yet. It's just like, okay, they're just dating. But when someone makes yeah. a move, that's a big deal. And um, and I, you know, and I, I think what's nice is we've been able to explore this relationship without the pressure of being engaged after only knowing the other for a month. Yeah. Um, and so we've been able to go at our own pace. And obviously we ended up going, it, it moved really fast. And it's just because we had such a strong connection. Yeah. Your own timeline is probably the biggest thing is that you don't have to worry about any show constraints or pressure from either producers, the show itself, the outside world forcing things. It's just like, Hey, we're, we're out of that world. Now we'll go on our own pace. And like I said, congratulations yeah. to you guys no, and, I appreciate it. and good luck to you guys in the future. Again, thanks for coming on, Chris. I, I really appreciate yeah. it. 
No, thank you so much, Steve. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me chat a little bit with you. You got it. Thanks, Chris. All right. You take care. Bye. Thanks so much to Chris for coming on. Really appreciate that. And like I said, it's not like we want to harp on something, but obviously if I'm going to have Chris on, we got to talk about what happened on Paradise last summer. I don't think him and Alana have done many interviews. And then when Alana <laughs> did her Instagram story a couple of days ago, that obviously was like, oh, like clearly she was going to be on Katie's side over Nick. But when she said that there was a very upsetting phone call that happened afterwards, obviously people are going to get interested and ask and want to know why. And that was the first, as far as I know, that's the first time that had been addressed of to what that phone call was. And now after hearing what that phone call was about, again, is anybody the least bit surprised? I'm certainly not, but thank you to Chris for coming on and sharing that and, and talking through that. And congratulations to them for lasting a year for a couple that when paradise aired last summer, probably a lot thought, Oh boy, this isn't going to work or this is just going to be a fling. And obviously it hasn't been so good for them. Thank you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe and review an Apple podcasts. If you didn't hear at the beginning of the podcast, today's daily roundup is up and it is released every day at around 8 a.m. 9 a.m. Eastern time, eight central, seven mountain, six a.m. Pacific. And just, it'll always incorporate Bachelor, Bachelorette stuff to start with, and then any reality TV stuff I want to talk about, then into pop culture. And if there's time at the back end of 20 minutes or so, I'll get some sports stuff in there. But, yeah, go check that out if you haven't listened to that today. So, for Chris Conrad, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. See you!